You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 318th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is super excited and giddy Tim in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt sitting here vibrating, but I don't know what I'm vibrating about in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston. Little guy, I'm pretty sure I know why you're vibrating. Maybe, okay, maybe you're not vibrating. Maybe you're just vibing on these fall colors, yep. on this chill fall uh, season cycling season is done wrapped up we all could sleep in catch a few extra z's today uh you know wake up a little late a little cozy um you know maybe the windows cracked like i do on every sunday in october Spencer. yeah classic right. it's the classic uh off season i enjoyed a few extra hours of z's do you know what i do every Sunday in October, I turn on my television for spray, the spring classics. And boy, did we have a doozy today with the Tour of Flanders. Wait, what? You didn't watch the Tour of Flanders? Hang on, I'll be right back. All right. Hey, Spencer, it's been a while since I talked to you, approximately four hours. How you doing? Uh, much better. Oh, my God. You guys, Flanders was incredible. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I So many things to talk about. So many things to discuss. But first, I need to hear the super rookie hot take of the episode because I know it's just <laughs> bubbling up inside of you and you're ready to unleash it to the world. So what 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 is your main takeaway from the Tour of Flanders 2020? The greatest tour of Flanders of all time, mostly because we got the dream that we've all wanted, and that was Julian Alaphilippe crashing himself out in the back of a motorcycle, 100% on his own fault. Okay. And then a close second dream of all time would be Matthew Vanderpool versus Wout Van Art, in which Matthew Vanderpool absolutely dusted, dusted. Wout Van Aert in the sprint to take the victory in the monument. What That's... a time to be alive, gentlemen. I would say feather dusted, perhaps, by a feather. <laughs> but uh, he wasn't using any solvents or anything. You know, he wasn't using chemicals to really do that dusting. Yeah. Guys, I got to admit, I've talked about this before on this podcast, that I don't like Tour of Flanders as much as I like Roubaix, strictly because Roubaix does a really good job of telling you how many more cobble sections there are. Yes. Because okay. they count them Flanders down. has made it quite confusing with the multiple times up, multiple climbs. So you're like, ooh, the Quermont, and then you're like, wait, they're going to do it one more time? Oh, okay. I won't get that excited. I'll go make coffee. I will be the first to admit, the Tour of Flanders is almost stroke-inducing with the amount of climbs that all have similar sounding names. Mm -hmm. I don't know which one's which. I don't know which one has cobbles. I don't know which one, you know, the riders have leather on the bottom of their road shoes so they can run up when they hit it and where cars get stuck. I don't really know that. 
But what I do know is that when I saw the three, Matthew Vanderpool and then two members of the Axis of Evil, Wout Van Art and Julian Alaphilippe, who were fist bumping on uh-huh. the start line in front of Matthew Vanderpool, mm-hmm. I knew we were in for an episode of epic proportions. I was gone last week. Maybe I should start being gone every other week on this podcast because when I come back, it is a glorious moment in my life. Mm-hmm. It would be nice for the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, as the person who's been doing the editing, I'd, I could save a lot of time if you want to do that. I mean, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things that you are fixing in post, little guy, but I will say that my seeing Matthew Vanderpool and Wout Van Art together, mm-hmm. and I'm like a kind of a Johnny come, come lately to that relationship of those two. I'm not like Bill from Psych Cross Radio mm. or um, the gang over at the Grodio and others that are really into Psychocross media. However, I feel like I've known about Wild Van Art and Matthew Vanderpool for maybe like four years or so. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've got like maybe a half a step up. I saw Matthew Vanderpool and Wild Van Art playing at the main room. Sure, there were some people seeing them at the 7th Street entry, mm-hmm. but I at least saw them at the 1st Avenue main room, and now they're playing at, you know, Madison Square Garden in the world of road cycling, and here I am absolutely stoked to know that Matthew Vanderpool is the better one of the two. Mm-hmm. It was glorious. And Philippe just wanted to, you know, is looking for an invite to the party. He's hoping to get into the green room, and it's not going to happen. Sorry. Sorry, Julian, with your ugly gradient fade bike. There's a lot to unpack here, guys. I will just start it. Best thing ever or worst thing ever that for the rest of this season, we don't have to see that specialized world championship bike. That's all right. That's true, but we won't see any of those guys know, three bikes anymore this Is, year, basically. Does does Tour de Flanders win by Matthew Vanderpool over Wout Van Art, little guy, make up for Wout Van Art's like, season that he had? Right. It, granted, it wasn't always head to head to Matthew Vanderpool, but Buffenhart had a hell of a season. Matthew Vanderpool kind of cl- put a nice rubber stamp on the season to say it was his. No, a lot had a huge season. It's easy when you win the last one. You know, it's easy then for everyone to forget that the first four or five big races that these guys squared off against each other. Um, we didn't get a duel because Wout had already dropped Vanderpool <laughs> 10 to 15 K out from the finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and was in an, was in another group. You know, Tim, as we get older, you're getting uh, more uh, into grudges and um, exacting revenge through cosmic forces. Uh-huh. And I'm sort of just like I'm getting chill, man. Uh, live and let live. I, I just enjoy the duel. I'm just, I'm just well, here to watch it. I don't enjoying care who the wins duel. anymore. I feel that I'm more excited that Matthew Vanderpool is winning because I have two dear friends of mine that are new to the sport that just think Wout Van Aert is the best of all time. And I've been talking about Matthew Vanderpool, and now I feel that <laughs> right. I finally have a... Because they're like, oh, well, call me when Matthew Vanderpool wins a monument, right? Because I'm like, oh, Matthew Vanderpool won the Brink Bank you know, tour. And they're like, like oh, over who? And I'm like, ah, kind of a right. good point. right. Now he won it directly over Wout Van Aert in a head-to-head battle. In like, dominating fashion. I just, as you pointed out. Yeah, right. I just, I am ha- like, look, I do not want to say I am happy yes. when anybody crashes out. I'm not. <laughs> so, little guy, please do not edit that in post. I will say this though, I was 
happy that it did come down <laughs> to a one-on-one battle of the future of cycling and the generational talents that we're seeing between Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool without, you know, some bad guy with a goatee to inter- to mix mm-hmm. it up. Like, I loved the one on, like, we're never going to see that again, guys. Like, that was, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, with just those two? Yeah, we might not, right? The duel we've been, we're dreaming about for years, you know? Like, what, two two years ago, we were, we were sort of like, oh, just wait till these guys are dueling at these. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of text messages I have not received from other individuals on the Wide Angle Podium Network that have been giving me a lot of flack. About being all about Matthew Vanderpool over Wout Van Art. I'm waiting to get some of those text message apologies. That being said, it was amazing to see. Uh-huh. I love this Flanders. I will rate this as the best Flanders I've ever seen. It was awesome. I love the October timeline here. I know that our bit earlier was that it wasn't the spring. I felt that we saw crappy weather. It was cold and miserable from what it looked like. I don't like when I look at it, when I look at Flanders, I want to be like, I don't really want to go there to ride. I don't think like when I saw like some of it, I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to ride maybe in July. This was everything I've wanted. And the best part was I lost a boatload of points on roller derby where now I'm two from the absolute bottom and I couldn't care in my internet reputation because I put like a thousand points on Mads (laughs) Peterson to win because his odds were amazing. Yeah. Would have advised as your financial roller derby points advisor, I would have advised against that. Um, particular bet but do you guys think this result at least spots one and two would be any different had the the crash not happened well if you guys had watched my super sweet flanders preview video over at whitehandlepodium.com slash youtube um i did and little guy by the way the lighting is fantastic i love your videos yeah Oh, thanks. It looks. I, I feel like I'm really picking up picking up the quality. Um, I I'm pretty sure I picked Vanderpool to win and Wout to be second and Alex uh-huh. Luke to be third. So for a minute there, I was about to lose it that I actually for once mm-hmm. correctly predicted <laughs> an entire podium. Now I didn't, as Tim alluded to, I did not put points on roller derby on any of those riders because I liked him. Like to play the long odds, so I put all my chips in all of the base on Actually, not that bad pick. of a pick. But, um, he was showing. Yeah. No, I mean he he almost he made a play for third. He made a strong <laughs> solo play for third. Unfortunately, the group behind just caught him. Mm-hmm. But he 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 laid he laid his cards on the table. That's I was excited. But anyway, that kind of sums so, up uh, both both of our uh, bike racing careers, little guys. That we made a play for third, and it <laughs> didn't really pan out. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, that was a hundred percent in all our times, especially that Duluth stage race yeah. we went to where we attacked so, all the time, and we were that's, realistically only playing for third. Yeah, that's why I've got a Look, soft spot I did for watch your video. It was it was well uh, done, and oh. I was thinking of that podium. Okay, thank you. Thank so you, Spencer, you. I think that those ones and twos would have been in the same, but I I do want to share just a quick little story. I know I shared a couple weeks ago the question on if I spoil the race when I mentioned that Remco crashed over the bridge in like a as a spoiler, right? Do you remember that? Right. And you guys agreed that I did spoil the race by saying that Remco almost died middle of the race by going over a 
a bridge. Yes, you were guilty and, as charged. Yeah, the guilty as charged. Yep. I've moved on. Well, that's I disagree. That's so big of you. I disagree, but I accept. <laughs> yeah. I I disagree, but I accept the okay. the judgment from my two good friends. The text thread I'm on with the individuals that partaked in that discussion, which, by the way, agree with you guys. Clearly. No, and no, we knew that. So yeah. they knew I was on the way to soccer practice with my son, and I had the the video going on the Bluetooth in the car as I was driving down the road. Okay. So mm-hmm. they were talking about, you know, whatever. The race was happening. It was like 60K to go. I get a text message from my friend that goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Philippe crashed. But this is at 60K <laughs> to go because he was trying to play back to me what I had done when Remco crashed at Lombardia. I see. So he was pulling a joke. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, and yeah, then that's everyone before. was like, you know, they're all like, oh, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what Tim did. You pulled a Tim, right? You're spoiling the race. Uh-huh. And then, you know, I'm kind of like, but I could listen. I knew that Alaphilippe had not crashed. I get to soccer, sitting down, watching little Heimar, basically nutmeg everybody on the field, uh-huh. score all the goals. And then Alaphilippe crashes in real life. My buddy felt kind of crappy for the rest of the day. I got to admit, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, did he curse him? Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it was pretty glorious. That's how I, Karma, you know, man. but what, you know, who else is going to feel pretty crappy for the rest of the day is the moto driver who got run into. Yeah. He should. So? He's, I don't think he should, but I think he will. You know what I mean? Let, let me devil's advocate here. Oh, good. Well, Love not it. really devil's advocate here, but. Did Matthew Vanderpool like? I mean, Matthew Vanderpool did go over to the the moto, kind of a really tastefully done. Oh. That's why Matthew Vanderpool is a hero of the people. It's almost like he mm. kind of forced Alaphilippe into the back of the moto in such an amazing <laughs> hero esque way. So I feel those, like this is grasping for straws. Yeah, <laughs> yes. those among us who have raced bicycles kind of know, I think, what Tim is getting at, and. Well, I would never put anyone into the back of a moto or or want them to crash. You know, like, if you're in a break and you're like, this dude might be stronger than me, and you're, you're racing the road race and you see a little pothole in front of you, you might go straight at it until the last possible second and then just sort of shimmy around and hope you hear that hissing sound behind you. You know, like, that. I feel like that's a classic move. <laughs> There was also a moment where Alaphilippe was on Vanderpool's wheel going up, I don't know, one of the one of the climbs of Flanders that I don't know, you know, f- climb number 32 if they're doing the same type of uh, naming Clature as uh, Roubaix. They don't. Where you could see Vanderpool like kind of do like the bunny hop sideways to get back up onto the cobbles, uh-huh. and Alaphilippe mm-hmm. did not. Like Alaphilippe almost unclipped to get back in onto the road, and like they zoomed in on it a couple times, and I was like, Come on, Alaphilippe, you cannot handle your bike like the god himself, Matthew Vanderpool. Like, back <laughs> off. Oh, I'm, what a wonderful day. I do need a point of clarification here from the Super Rookie. Um, previously, you had stepped down, but are you taking back your position as the president and CEO of the Anyone But Wout Club? Because it sounds like maybe you are. Okay. Uh, I've kind of been a... Yeah, I feel like you switched I've, teams. I've been a president and CEO of the Anybody But Matthew Vanderpool Club, right? 
You're than anybody, anybody but Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You kind of are all over. Yeah, the I'm place. definitely. Yeah, you know, imagine that, right? Uh-huh. You know, I, um, I, I'm not mad at Wout Van Art, but I am definitely not in Ma- Wout Van Art's corner. When it comes down to it, I want Matthew Vanderpool to go. To, I want kids to be named after Matthew Vanderpool. I will say that, like, he is that glorious of a writer. There is absolutely no downside of a Matthew Vanderpool reign. Um. I am more excited about Matthew Vanderpool riding his bike, racing his bike in all three disciplines than I was, you know, I'm trying to think like in my fandom of cycling, mm. the only other time mm-hmm. I was as excited maybe was when Sagan went to the Olympics on the mountain bike side of things just because it was pure racing. Mm-hmm. Matthew Vanderpool, I'm all in because it just like, like he had a team today apparently because I saw him and it was like, oh, that was cool. He had teammates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But They're I never once MVPs. think that Matthew Vanderpool's racing with a team. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like he just wants to go throw it down. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, would I want to go on a group ride with Matthew Vanderpool? Absolutely not. It would be a horrible, worst experience ever because he would just be drilling it at the front and dropping all of us out of the parking lot. But, you know. Oh, and he'd put you into the back of a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> You'd get the full experience. Right. Gentlemen, let's get to it. Little guy. On a one to ten scale, how do you rank the twenty twenty Tour de Flanders? One to ten scale, ten being yeah. the best. Yeah, I'll give it a nine. I could have had more attacks at the end, but it was pretty close to perfect. Wait, so mm-hmm. okay, touche. I will say, how do you feel about the last five hundred like meters of that sprint i mean that was the glorious most nail-biting sprint ever because you knew the guys were coming behind like that was straight up track sprint no that was good i liked it no i definitely was on the edge of my seat i was jumping around yelling i just uh the thing that would have really made it amazing for me i guess would have just been if they'd gone up the last climb and one of them had dropped the other one the other one had to claw back and then the same finished happened that could that would would be perfection as it was they were so they were so closely matched that they they couldn't separate from each other on the climbs. How, if Philippe was there and they both dusted Philippe up the last climb, would that have made you feel better? They're like, oh, that's a solid 10. Like, just like Philippe thinks he can hang with the future of cycling? <laughs> yeah, that probably actually would have made it the best, okay. though Philippe looked good on the climb. So, yes, if, like, Vanderpool had put a dig, maybe, or, like, they both would have hit the shoulders and then just left Philippe <sighs> behind on the last climb. But, I mean, it's so, darn near perfect. I don't. I'm not going to complain. Now, I know I asked the question, and you would assume that I'd go to Spencer next, but I'll, I'll let him be the adjudicator on this one. I would I would rank this as a 10 of Tour of Flanders. I will never forget this Tour of Flanders. I will never forget where I was when I saw Matthew Vanderpool win. So excited. Was I a little bit nervous that he lost the sprint? Yes, because the camera work was horrible, and I was looking from behind, and I couldn't see that he actually did dust him by over four inches. I had to wait for the finish line like photo opportunity yeah but it was glorious definitely a 10 i will never forget it spencer where do you rank the 2020 tour of flanders as the final say i thought it was good i think a 2020 paris-roubaix was going to be better uh unfortunately we'll never know but i gotta say i'll give it a seven why so low and I do think it was exciting. I do think it was a Cut good race. Mic. And I do think we had... Cut his mic. I do. <laughs> Cut his mic. I, I think we had the two 
top tier riders go to the line together, which is what you want. But we didn't have much other than that and the Alaphilippe crash. Like those were like the two standout moments. Those are the two highlights that anyone will ever remember. (laughs) And I just like like little guy. I want I want more attacks. I want attacks earlier. I want Boone and Cancelera. I want uh, I want uh, 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 Stein de Volder eras. I want Tom Boonin. I want you know Sagan when he won did it with more panache. I think like this race can be. It's always one of my absolute favorites, and I struggle every year deciding if Perry Roubaix or Flanders is better. And I think Perry Roubaix is better because it's just the biggest show in the one day race sphere. But I think Flanders is a better race and I always enjoy it more because it's more tactical and less attrition. While this is up there, I'll put it certainly in the top 10, if not maybe the top five. That's like, it's, it's not a 10. Okay. Maybe not a 10, but a seven. So you're saying 30% of tour to Flanders are better than this. Oh, this isn't like wait. How do I mean, you, wait, we're ranking it in terms of like. No, I don't think yeah, that's. How I, the I don't think that's how top. Yeah. No, uh, I'm a mathematician, guys. I know how this works, Spencer. Uh, we didn't. We didn't oh, actually like, go back and watch the last hundred editions. Okay, I I would accept and expect an eight from you. A mm-hmm. seven. I mean, mm-hmm. I love you like my brother, but man, that's like. I don't know if I'm ex- inviting you to Thanksgiving anymore. You know what I mean? Like that. Like I don't. Know, I don't want I've, you sitting I've at the table. You, this is... I've seen the results on your roller derby page, and I, I feel okay oh. with uh, my <laughs> judgment being a little different than yours. I, I, I get apples I get and oranges, my friend. But a seven? Well, the thing is, and I this I, I totally agree with you, Spencer. Is attacks? We need attacks. We need we need changes. We, need we got attacks. the result we wanted. We got. But there was but attacks. We didn't, How did they get away? I, no, there were good attacks, but there wasn't. I don't know. Like there was, there was a moment when those like three got away, and then the group came back together, and then they got away again. That was good. But the races that stand on my in my mind always is the best ones are where it's some guy's gonna win, and then it and it comes back, and then wait, no, this guy's gonna win. You know, and it kind of goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of knew even when the early moves were happening, even when you had that big group behind, they just weren't they weren't gonna catch these guys. You just so, knew they were head and shoulders above the rest. And even though the next group had, like, Betiol and Van Mark and, like, all these big names, you know, it just you knew it was over. So let's get to it's, a couple quick Flanders-esque emails just as we go through. Hey, guys. A super rookie dream come true from Marcus Dean. Hey, guys. Great job with the pod. I'll keep this short. I wish I was a fly on the wall at Tim's house during the Tour of Flanders to see his reaction when the Alaphilippe moment happened. I bet the neighbors heard. With everything in Tim's life, be downhill from here. Will everything in Tim's life be downhill from here? Uh, you know, pretty good chance of that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I kind of think so. <laughs> well, thanks for the email, Marcus. I definitely do appreciate that. Oh, man, that was good. Uh, Douglas Sniper right. uh, wants to know, Dear Slow Ride Pod, does the pre-Flanders fist bump between Wout Van Aert and Alaphilippe on the start line yeah. Signal Wout's turn to the dark side. If so, is Matthew Vanderpoel our only hope? D, 
Did Vanderpool use the force to stop the motorcycle or trick Alaphilippe into thinking there wasn't a motorcycle in front of him? Douglas Sniper. Yes, he used the force. All good points. So now that Matthew Vanderpool has finally equaled the excellence of Alberto Bettiol, will I will be offering him a Jonathan Vodder's lowball contract. Sincerely, Jonathan Vodder's. Totally nice. real email we received. You'd love to hear that. Oh, oh man. So one of the friends uh, was asking me nonstop, like, what, when's it gonna, what's it going to take? Is, it, is now Vanderpool's team going to be at Tour of Flanders? Uh, or, sorry, at Tour, Tour de France? To which my response was, don't worry, half the teams in the professional peloton appear to be folding moving forward Yay. Um, both on the men's and women's side. And as a quick caveat, we did not watch the women's um, tour to Flanders this year, but quick shout out to um, Vandenbroek uh, for taking the win for Bowles Dolmans in a uh, dom- dominating fashion by over a minute over Amy Peters and Latte Kopecky. But gentlemen, that is a serious question here is that, you know, where do we go from here? Right? Like, like at the end of the day, what is the, um, how does Flanders rank for where we are in the season? Is this a good cap on the 2020 racing year? Is it better than what the tour de France brought us? Are we already closing the, the shades a little bit too early? Cause obviously the Volta still has a, or sorry, the Giro still has a week left and we have the Volta yeah. three, three weeks left. You know, is this a pretty good cap and we should just stick a fork in it and call it over. I know Spencer, you have, a uh, you know, even argued, I think correctly that the season probably shouldn't even have happened just considering the situation that we've got with COVID, you know, how, do, how does this all put together with where the season is? Well, that's a lot of question. I I guess, yeah, the, the Giro and the Volta would have something to say about the season being over, but this does sort of feel like the cap, <laughs> the cap on it. Um, even though there is even technically still uh Depania coming up on Wednesday, whether or not that gets raced or not since uh, Belgium is going into lockdown, I think. So yeah. that, as far as I know, is still mm-hmm. on the calendar for men's and women's race. So I don't know if that will actually happen. Yeah, uh, it kind of, I mean, I'm sure it feels kind of like a season cap because there's a big, exciting one-day race with all the favorites in October, which is kind of when you expect the world championships to be happening. And, you know, it sort of had that feel. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you ask me, Matthew Vanderpool is world champion, <laughs> I guess. Um, he gets to take it off Alaphilippe, he, drag it off him off the road. It, should stop should, when he crashed. He should, it's like, hey, can you lift up your arm just a little bit more? I don't want to have to get the scissors to cut this jersey off. Right. Now, and that brings up the the ever-present question, which seemed to have been broken with uh, Alejandro Valverde's uh, season, curse of the rainbow jersey. It didn't seem to be a thing for a while. Maybe it was Sagan who broke it, who just seemed impenetrable while he was a, a world champ, that he couldn't not win. But now the curse is back, and Philippe, a major victim, getting pipped at the line once, almost a second time, and now getting put on the ground <laughs> well off the front yeah. of arguably the biggest race of the year. I think the curse was still there for Valverde because since that, he had a great year in the jersey, but since then, 
he has become the 40-year-old man that he is. Not that his results aren't still insane for a 40-year-old man, but he's not he's not Valverde anymore. He, you know what I mean? He's, well, he's Zubelvia. Yeah, I think, I mean, <laughs> that's fair. You could say that was the final check he had to check off the to-do list in his cycling career, yeah. and now he's just kind of phoning it in and cashing the paycheck. <laughs> I say this as um, he's but, probably going to uh, win the Volta. Yeah, I hear it. So, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's that. Let's go pre lap. Let's, let's hit the pre lap. I want to come back. I want to talk a little bit of Jiro, and then we have yeah. a slew of listener emails to get through. But I do want to talk a little bit more about how this season will be ending up, and then really where this victory for Matthew Vanderpool does it get him into the races that you know matter versus the Wout Van Arts in 2021. But uh, let's check out with our um, our good friend Michael Matthews. Room, buddy, and uh, yeah, enjoy your star ride podcast. All right, gentlemen, here we are in the Prem Lap once again. So many great sponsors and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. We'd like to tell you about a couple of them, but first, want to encourage everyone to go to wideanglepodium.com and check out all of the shows. And if you like what you see and you like what you hear, please do not hesitate to become a member and click the donate tab to keep us on the air and keep coming to your earways. Lots of great shows. So many I like to listen to from the Grodio, Nowhere Fast, Cyclocross Radio, The Gravel Lot, and of course, Criterium Nation. Check it out. Go to WideAnglePodium.com to find out more. Yeah, and of course, we're brought to you again by Willa's Kitchen, willskitchen.com, where they have amazing oat milk. As we talked about last week, right now they got on pre-sale is their new Willa's uh, original oat milk. It's going to have no sugar. It just has sugar just from the oats, so it's it's super, super delicious. And as I said before, uh, my sugar-crazy three-year-old preferred this non-sugar version of the oat milk. Thought it was better. Went for it every time. I thought it was great. Um, if you've had so, unsweetened oat milk before, this is a different league. I I just want to say that like I used to make fun of both of you guys because you guys were the vegans in the like this little amazing team sprint on the velodrome squad, right? I was the yes. only one mm-hmm. drinking the milk. I'm all in on the oat milk. How long have you guys been on the oat milk, and have you kept this secret from me for so long? Because the Willis Kitchen oat milk, I've had I had some other brands, not to be named, didn't like it at all. I shook it up a ton too, still wasn't creamy. It was like water with just a little bit of wheat paste in there. The Willis Kitchen, super creamy, tastes amazing, love it. Yeah, it's 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 a league above. I've bounced around from some different kinds of milks through the years, but. I'm I'm definitely sold on on the Willows and the oat milk. This I've had some oat milks like that too, Tim. That were not the creamy. This one is the creamy and delicious. And the nice thing is the oat milk is way better for the planet than uh, almond almonds milk? and some of the other ones yeah. that uh, yeah, ver- various uh, bits of farming that are not as good. And oats are much uh, much better thing to farm for the environment. Yeah. Oats, oh, oat milk is a future, man. Like I became vegan back when rice milk was the oh. only option. Wow. That 
is a bad yeah, experience. I feel like you just dropped you. a bomb on us. Like, oh yeah, I was there before it was way even cool. I was on oh, rice yeah, milk. No. Oh yeah, I know. It oh was, yeah, no, this was it's tough times. This was this is ancient history, but um, we have come a long way, and you can actually enjoy, uh, you know, your classic beverages, your coffee beverages, your lattes, whatever. If you are uh, a non dairy user you know like a lot of people intolerant a lot of people um just choosing not to whatever way it is willis is a really good option and i mean aside from the sustainability and the taste and the production level and all that stuff i just like it because the two women running in a business are involved in cycling locally where we came up as bike racers and that is just a really cool part of the story that you know i like to touch on Super important. So, little guy, you're going to go to willowskitchen.com and you can use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 to save 20%. Is that correct? That's correct. That's what we're going to do. You're going to do. We're all going to do. And the other thing that I would love to invite people to check out, I would had the privilege of walking down the street over to a friend's house the other day, and he was wearing a Slow Ride podcast T-shirt, Loved it. We haven't talked about it a little bit, but we on our nice. 300 episode of the Slow Ride podcast, we did some limited edition shirts. We each got three mm-hmm. artists, so three individual shirts. We each found an artist, local artist, to design a shirt. Little guy came up with Onza, the the world famous anamorphic detective slash murderer. Um, yeah, if you sure. followed that, <laughs> um, Pete Hollihan out of St. Louis designed a woodcut campy derailleur um, for my design and Spencer's bubble letter. Spencer, how would you describe the the shirt that you got? It's it's also a favorite of mine. San Francisco street art style. And you can still get these shirts. We still have a limited supply left. I would love for folks to check it out. So what you need to do is you could mm-hmm. two different ways you can do it. You can go to wideanglepodium.com and you can click the um, the shop tab at the top. Or Spencer, there is, I believe, a wideanglepodium.com slash SRP300. And they are fantastic. Check out those shirts. We'll ship worldwide. Love it. I've seen them on people in Scotland. I've seen them on people in Germany. I've seen them on people in Australia. Check it out. I love it. And everywhere in between. So go to wideanglepodium.com slash SRP300 to get your very own limited edition Slow Ride podcast shirts. Our first ever podcast shirts and with that let's head back to the show hi i'm Hugh Carthy from education first cross cycling and i don't listen to the slow ride podcast all right guys we have a ton of emails to get through so i am just gonna fire this bad boy up right away this one comes to us from good friend of the pod from sarasota florida mike toth gentlemen a lot of people talk about name on jerseys but how do you feel about the name on helmets and of course he's talking about the laser helmets worn by team jumbo visma where it says wout across the black racing stripe in the middle of the arrow helmet and other team names. How do you guys feel about the names on helmets? I'm I'm down. I'm down. I think it's a nice it's a nice way for the, you know, for the noobs to know, the noobs that don't know what 
Wout's shoulders look like from 400 yards from a helicopter shot. I mean, you know. It should just be a thing. Like, we need to kind of teamify these teams a little bit because they are a little bit like the Borg where you can't tell one from the other a lot. And uh, giving the rider some individuality and some personality would be, so, I think, good for the sport. The, the helmets is kind of the last thing that needs to be used to advertise the team. I love having the team names on there. But the, what is the team? B&B Hotels? Yeah. Have you concept. seen their helmets? Their oh, yeah. helmets are pretty badass. They had a guy that had his helmet had looked like it had lightning bolts on the top. It was a little like... Circa late nineties, little guy. You, you check this out. I thought that you'd be a fan of the B B and B hotels uh, vital concept presented by KTM team. <laughs> God, I am mouthful. pretty dope um, team though. I'm a f- shout out to Kevin yeah, Reza. I'm a f- fan of their kits. Yeah, Reza's on the team. Uh, your boy Concord, who doesn't really win anything anymore, but you know. But their helmets were pretty awesome today that I saw. Like there was some designs going on in the Arrow helmet fr- frame, and I guess that's what I'm getting at like we've talked about it we've seen the helmet cards that happen on mountain biking thanks to yolanda neff and other racers but it seems that like the helmets are the last frontier i don't know if you guys have ever seen like minor league european hockey it's like every single inch (laughs) of a jersey is covered (laughs) with an advertisement it's kind of like why is the helmet the one thing that like you know you know who needs a helmet sponsor scott mitchelton scott there's so much real estate on that helmet it's so big mm-hmm. that they could put some logos on that thing. Jeez. Anyways, there is a lot let's uh, yeah. keep going. Bobby McNeil, McNichol, sorry, hits us up. Hey guys, just listening to episode 317. And I thought I should inform you that it was Lachlan Morton's girlfriend who designed the amazing life in the Peloton merchandise. Makes sense, right? While we're on it, can you give me your team of eight coolest cyclists in the current pro Peloton? Surely the two aforementioned names are on the list, and that would be Lachlan Morton and Mitch Docker. If Sagan or Olive Philippe make the cut, I'm going to stop listening. They strike me as the kind of dudes who would <laughs> take a photo of their six-pack in the, in the mirror. They strike me as the kind of dudes who would take a photo of their six-pack in the mirror. Definitely not cool. Love the pod. Keep up the good work and bad pronunciations. Well, thank you, Bobby. I take that to heart. So, gentlemen, eight coolest cyclists off the top of our heads. We each get two on the list. We have Lachlan Martin, and we have uh, mm-hmm. Mitch Docker. Mitch Docker. All right. I will uh, definitely be throwing Matthew Vanderpool into that list after today's <laughs> performance. Um, uh, all right. Do you guys have anybody else on top of your head that you would go with? Well, I was not necessarily thinking results here. I'm just thinking, like, cool attitude. Uh, Daniel Oss. Daniel Oss is on that team. Uh, I had Daniel Oss as my second, so I'm going to have to go into the the memory bank to find another one. Daniel Oss, great pick, little guy. Definitely would want him at the lunch table of the eight coolest people in uh, the pro peloton cycling school. Um, Those are good. Spencer, anything off the top of your head before we discuss the rest? I mean, I can't believe you, neither of you have put Richie Port on the list after yeah. the love fest I've heard for the last few I, episodes. I, uh, I I love the guy now. I mean, we're best friends. But, <laughs> you know, he's, he's uh-huh. still a former triathlete. He's probably still just talking about Watts too much, you know? I would say yeah. coolest uh, person in the professional peloton will definitely be – I'm I'm going to go with Lud, Ludwig Utrip. Oh, so there you go. Ludwig yeah. Utrip. 
hands down one 100%. of the coolest members yeah. 100%. of the professional peloton. Yeah. Um, 100%. I, yeah. I, I wish I knew, like, is it C- Cecily or Cecile? I, I apologize in advance. That is a pronunciation I want to get correct. I absolutely love everything about her racing career and where she's at. I She's definitely on my list of coolest, and it sounds like you guys are on full agreement with um, C- Cecily Utrip Ludwig for taking uh, a spot at the mm-hmm. Cool Kids Lunch Table. How do you guys feel about Tom Schoons? Should he be a should he make the list or uh is that you know potato thing just gonna put him oh like inside? like is a potato thing just like a little like it's kind of like he's like in the av club but he's kind of the cool kid that knows all the passwords to the computer screen i think tom skewens basically i would take tom skewens for a couple reasons one is the celebrations mm-hmm. i do like the celebrations when he's there and he he has a good track record of doing good at races right complete completely individual came up out of his own brain celebrations that no one else helped yeah, him. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever. No one else helped him. Tom Skeets <laughs> does have that like cool kid, like cool foreign exchange student vibe with that kind of, uh, you know, he came over here mm-hmm. to the U S he crushed it. He's got the, the kind of the quirky potato mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, Tom's is definitely in the eight cool kid club. Okay. How many are so we got how many Lachlan, are we up to right now, Tim? Mitch Docker, Matthew Vanderpool, Daniel Oss, Richie Port. I don't know how Grandpa Richie Port got in this, but whatever. I think S- no, I think he gets C- scratched C- off. Okay, we'll scratch him off. Cecily Utrip Ludwig. Um so we've got if we take Richie Port off, we have six members. Okay. We still have two spots left at the lunch table. Okay. So I think Wild Van Art goes I, on because of the hair, right? Yeah. See I got a I got a strong hair contender in uh Marlon Roser. I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. She was on the, the Equip Polica team that just got canceled. Yeah. Unfortunately, that got that folded. She, she's a good TTer, but she's got like she. I think she's European champion. She was second at Worlds. The hair is amazing. When she got one of those results, yeah. When she's got one of those results early in the year, I looked her up, and she has this like her hair somehow like floats off one side of her head. It's incredible. And just sort of yeah. like it's off the charts. I think the hair. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's top eight of everyone, but it's it's right. It's knocking on the door. It's it's right there. She's been Swiss champion, and if you look at her social media page, there's th- shots from earlier in the year where she seems like she might also be a nurse and have gone back like oh, during previous peak COVID. Yeah. But I couldn't decode the. I couldn't decode like Google Translate anything properly to understand. If this was true, if that's the case, the fact that she's a super good pro and she's a healthcare worker and going back and and doing that sort of stuff. And she has amazing hair. uh, I've been a fan. Okay. Um, That's some amazing hair. I thought you guys. Okay. Yep. Agreed. No, it's, it's incredible. This is kind of a question for little guy. I mean, obviously if we're talking about the top eight coolest cycling, like if we're trying to put together the lunch table of cool kids, right? And we're talking about cycling. The lens we're looking through is cycling. We got to have a French cyclist in there. Like, you just kind of have to. So who's our French cyclist, right? Like, I'm leaning initially to Roman Bardet. Okay, I was going to say tread very lightly here. Yeah. I like Bardet because he's kind of, you kind of think maybe a little bit of a nerd, maybe, but. But like it's really interesting, he was like yeah. the nerd that was in a band, you know, like a cool band. But he, you didn't yeah, know it because yeah. he didn't tell anybody about it, and they were at house shows, and you yeah. didn't know where they were. If you watch, uh, I mean, you if you put some skinny jeans on Bardet, 
you would assume he was like maybe like a long lost <laughs> now, number of blur. I have never circa circa ninety six. I want to point out that I have never seen a photo of Roman Bardet in street clothes that he wasn't wearing skinny jeans. So I just <laughs> I just need to point that out. Yeah, no, it's true. So, I mean, so you guys want to put Bardet on he this? He looks like a bit uh, of a hit squad, the lunchroom table. Unless you got a, a French rider bumping off, then though. Yeah. Well, we already bunched Richie Port off, so and then um, we're good. So I'll take Bardet. I'm all right with that. Cool. Let's move right. on to. Uh, I like it. Who was uh, <laughs> who was the writer who wrote the um, you know, will you date me or will you marry me or whatever under his on his base layer and like unzipped his jersey mid race a couple years ago? That guy. He's not on oh, the. He's yeah. not on the team. Who is that? Did you see that a, a, one of the quick step dudes uh, proposed what? to his girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah. Bef- yeah wearing like a TT helmet. Wearing a TT helmet. Like. Yeah, which, no, no, that, that I is liked. a guarantee. Yeah. No, like, but That's also a, like, if I asked Sarah no. to marry me, if, well, she said if I yes. asked Sarah to marry me in yes. a TT helmet, she would be like, "I don't know you." She would turn away and walk far, far away. She still married you, and you crashed her out while she was on a TT bike. So I feel like that's that is true. <laughs> a theory and an answer. This email comes us to Alex McGregor. Listening to the latest episode, I remembered that a month ago I'd written down this little theory I have about Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool. By the way, this was written oh, four wait. days ago, so before the epicness that we just witnessed. Wout and Matthew have been each other's top rivals for many years already. They grew up pushing each other mm-hmm. to be the best in their little corner of cycling, cyclocross. But I don't think they had any idea just how good they were in comparison to the rest of the pro peloton. Sorry to use a basketball analogy, but it's as if LeBron James and Michael Jordan had grown up in the same small town, playing against each other every day as teenagers and pushing each other to unbelievable heights. But all the while, never knowing that they were 1 and 1A, the most talented players in the world of all time. And then imagine the year is like 1959 and Michael Jordan and LeBron were drafted into the NBA where it was full of doughy white guys like Bob Cousy, who was the most cutting edge player imaginable. That's what it's like to watch Wout Van Aert mm-hmm. and Matthew Vanderpool when they're on their game. And by the way, I believe life in the Peloton merch was designed by Lachlan Morton's wife, Rachel, who is a graphic designer. Wow. Rachel getting all the cred that she needs. Love the show. Is this true? Yeah. Is there Matthew you know. Vanderpool and Wout Van Aert that much better that they didn't even know how much better they were than the rest of the folks. And then, you know, you got to depend on a uh, Julian Alaphilippe to come in. Kind of a basketball analogy here, but I do think it it does carry some weight. You have the two – are they the two greatest of all time almost? Like coming into a season where they're just all by themselves, no one else can compete. I think it's a little early to say they may be the greatest of all time, but they certainly could be. And it's exciting to watch, and I think they are – at least right now, uh, proven that they are on the same level, if not obviously slightly ahead of the rest of the peloton. You know, yeah, it, it is that exciting. And, you know, we got the uh, last week, we got the drama with them kind of trash talking each other, which was fantastic. And then this week we got the uh, the follow-up, the makeup um, of it. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the... Um, Sporza quotes uh, from Wout after the race. Uh, the Sporza mm-hmm. interview asked him uh, if he and Matthew uh, even talked to each other at all during the breakaway. 
And uh, Wout said, oh, yeah, we chatted a lot. We went through all the news articles of the last week. So, you know, they're getting along <laughs> real good, chummy. It's yeah. uh, it's great to see. It's, um, you know, I don't know if it's LeBron and, and Michael Jordan, but uh, it's certainly Scotty Pippen and Jordan. And I'll let you figure out which one is <laughs> <him>. <laughs> Well done, Spencer. I like that. They're basically married. They're basically an old married couple, and the, they they have to get along. There's 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 no way out of this relationship, and so there's no point in being mad at each other forever. You know, eventually you just gotta you gotta sweep this stuff under the rug. Um, per per your best ever, Tim. All this is what the, that made me think of, Spencer. You like this too? When I was a cat four still on the track, and you guys had already moved up probably to the one twos at that point. I'm a bit of a slow learner on the track. Uh-huh. Uh, Pat Lemieux, local legend, started coming up to the track, and he was a fast roadie, but he he was new to the track, so they threw him in with the fours, and he was destroying me. Was he, and I was I was right. Was he on the domestic pro team at that point, or was he about to be? Cl- I think classic he was about USA to Cycling. Be. Even if he and, was a domestic pro, they would the, still put him in the category fours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this was one of those times where I had like almost enough points to upgrade and i just needed like one or two race nights to get some results and then lemieux showed up and was just ripping my legs off and i remember talking to you guys on the way home one of these nights and you guys were like he can't be that fast i mean come on (laughs) i mean i'm sure he's fast but like and i'm just like no you guys don't even know like it's just it's so he's so fast (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then thankfully like a week or two later he moved Dusted up us. and immediately just like started dusting people and yeah. in, in the one twos and i could be like see and i think that's kind of how um how this is with those guys every the, so, the so, you're, right so you're like, saying that the really big winner fast. of all of this Come is two arts who's now going like see i am one of the fastest guys in the world i just happen to be <laughs> surrounded by yeah legends um, right Oh, oh, absolutely! You you know his agent is is shopping his contract hundred percent to, to 100%. road routines, being like you've noticed these other two, right? You the, I've got you the next. Yeah, one. you want the next big thing? <laughs> European champion. Just put that photo right on the cover. European champ over yeah. Wout and and Matthew. Oh man! All right, guys, we have so many more emails. We will continue to get through them, but we would be wrong if we did not talk a little bit about the Giro. Going into the final week of the Giro, we have one more rest day. It should be noted that we anticipate the Giro to be finished. Um, <laughs> Tao uh-huh. Gegenhart kind of yeah. threw it open, <laughs> and little guy is very, very excited because Wilco, Ke- Wilco Kelderman is so close to winning a Grand Tour. Only 15 seconds down to mm. Wow, ja- wow Almeida? Almeida? Um, with hot yeah. with yeah, I think Jay Hindley in third place from Australia. Did I nail all those names? By the way, you, yeah, you were close enough that I think people can piece together. Nibali's to still three and about. a half back. Posavivo, big loser on today's stage. So, gentlemen, how excited are we on a three-week Grand Tour, <laughs> yes. or should they have canceled and made it a two-week Grand Tour? <laughs> Obviously, lots of COVID positives. Team Yumbo Visma dropped out. Team yeah. Mitchelton Scott, friend of the pod, Michael Matthews yeah. dropped out. I mean, are we surprised? Where are we you at? You know, this? there's a lot of cycling races over the time that I've been paying attention that have been referred to kind of in a cliche way as a war of attrition. <laughs> um, 
I think this might be the only race that I've actually followed that is literally a war of attrition. Um, we are just hoping to see everybody make it to the end without any more incidents. And, uh, you know, it, it may be decided by, uh, you know, something other than the legs. It's really weird to think that, and we already lost GC guys, but all these uh, folks in the top 10 must just be washing their hands every three seconds and just, yeah. just like screaming if anybody gets within 15 feet of them because how quickly you could go from a top 10 GC result to on your couch at home with a kind of unknown recovery time period. Yep. Um, is so bad. It does seem like the race has been run kind of poorly. I mean, I think from a safety protocol. Yeah. Well, certainly. See, I want to get Tim's uh, take here. I'm looking at the GC right now. looks like Wilco, uh, you know, in second and his teammate in third from team Sunweb, who, according to Tim, have had no results (laughs) all year and are terrible (laughs) and are a amateur team. Quick, quick. I mean, how many bikes is Cervelo selling now with both Hershey uh, dominating and then Sunweb uh, crushing it? It's amazing. Good, good yeah, for those guys. Getting their money's yeah. worth. A star for effort. Um, what a <laughs> a star for effort and yeah, results. Just... I'd say actually too. A for results. So you guys so want to know um, a little secret? The Volta starts in less than a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Volta starts on Tuesday. So this the Volta will start when this episode drops so oh, man wrap your head around oh that, my goodness guys. so who... want to know something really interesting about fasto masnada sitting currently 10th overall uh yeah i don't think i know anything about him okay well you remember might remember our buddy fasto because he won a stage last year when he's on the androni team okay and he got poached over to the world tour on ccc and then right as he heard that that ship was sinking, he arranged a mid-year transfer, oh. which is pretty rare in cycling these days, and moved to Quickstep in August, which I didn't actually realize until I was watching something in late August, and they kept mentioning him, and I was like, he's not there. There's no <laughs> CC riders there. Yeah. And then I, I did a little sleuthing. But that made me go to his Pro Cycling Stats page back then, uh-huh. And I didn't have a good reason to mention it, but now that he's 10th on GC, I do. He has a, a, an amazing resemblance to the actor Mads Mikkelsen. You guys, Mads Mikkelsen, he's a Bond villain. This guy villain. definitely he's looks a like Danish a Bond villain. actor. Oh. He always plays the baddie. Now, you're looking at Fosto. Everyone needs to do this at home. You pull up that Fosto Masnada picture on Pro Cycling Sets, and then you Google yourself some Mads Mikkelsen if you can't remember, and you'll go, oh, I know Mads Mikkelsen. He's a baddie. The, his pro cycling sets picture. He looks like he's we, gonna like, hurt you, little guy. Have you done any research like into dude. why he left Team Triple C like halfway through the year? Because that ship was wow. sinking. Yeah, obviously. Um, I mean the the team's going down. I'm I'm you know I don't know how he got out of got out and was able to jump ship that quick and then to jump ship to they a put team him like Quickstep and the, yeah, just yeah. slot in. Obviously, wow, good for him. Because you got yeah. He's, he's, you got other riders from that team jumping ship, like Ilner, uh, Zacharin had to sign with Russ Velo, you know, like. I know. So they're, sucks. So they're sinking a ship. <laughs> we know that Education First is having some trouble. There, There's the women's team that just ended, yeah. like, the day before Flanders. Little guy, there's a yeah, lot of teams folding. 
So Which little guy, terrible. who is going to be the next <laughs> Pro Tour team sponsor? Well, I hear that Brompton's going to come in and and start sponsoring one of the teams. Because uh, uh, then you won't be surprised when uh, the team Ah, there folds. we go. Well done. <laughs> Gentlemen, we absolutely slayed it. There's so much more to talk about, in particular uh. the Vuelta and other things. But, you know, the race season continues to carry on. But I do want to say... It has been an absolute pleasure to talk about Matthew Vanderpool dusting Wout Van Aert in Tour de Flanders with you guys and to talk about one of the greatest days of my cycling fandom. Best wishes to friend of the podcast, Julian Alaphilippe, for a quick, speedy recovery. And with that... I sincerely will wish him... That was, I thought I sounded recovery. very sincere. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay. It's hard to tell anymore, too. Wow. To wow. <laughs> wow. Wow, little guy. I, you know, don't often agree with Tim, but I, he, I thought that was uh, from the heart. Um, oh, all right. A couple of quick sponsor notes. Check out our friends Willa Ki- willaskitchen.com. Use the promo code SLOWRIDE20 mm-hmm. for the best oat milk in the business. We'd also encourage you to check out wideanglepodium.com slash SRP300 for the limited edition Slow Ride Podcast t-shirts that we made, the first ever merch in the history of the Slow Ride Podcast, only six years into the podcast. We have seen it all across the world. And with that, this is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in It's Winter Here Now, just like I predicted last week, Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, where I'm going to remember to check the cycling calendar next week so I don't screw things up. Reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. You know, Spencer, you know, October is that time of year where... There's always these quaint little Spanish Grand Tours that no one really cares about, and we watch. And then that is the future of cycling. Hey, Wide Angle Podium friends. Join me, longtime cyclocross writer Molly Herford. And me, endurance coach Peter Glassford, on the Consummate Athlete Podcast. You'll learn about how the pros like Katarina Nash, Ellen Noble, and Magalie Rochette train. And hear the best advice from experts in exercise science, nutrition, and sports psych to crush your racing goals. We discuss topics like how to run for cyclocross training. If strength training will improve your cycling. How NASCAR can teach you how to corner smoother. And how to fuel for a long day at the races. Come hang out and learn how to live a happy, adventurous life. Subscribe to the Consummate Athlete Podcast and visit us online at consummateathlete.com.